Hi, I'm Graham Lasso, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat with Chris, Craig, and Brady. Welcome to the Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat preview pod. This is the rapid pod where we'll round up all things Chelsea in the past week. We'll look at the in- how the injury situations coming together and we'll review our important home clash with Aston Villa on Sunday. I'm Craig and I'm joined by my good friend Brady. How's it going, mate? Yeah, not bad. Uh, they're long weeks when you're not playing well. Uh, you think the weeks will be good for breaks, but yeah, uh, overthink FC. You're going through all the formations we could play. But yeah, it was tough to have the CL starting this week and uh, us not be involved. But yeah, not too bad. Yeah, let's talk injuries first. Actually, some pretty positive stuff came out of uh, Posh's press conference, which we just listened to. We'll start with Moises Caicedo, who's going to be assessed tomorrow. I think reading between the tea leaves here, it sounds like he probably won't start. How how you how you feeling about that? I mean, he hasn't trained for four or five days, so I don't see how you would start, especially against quite a high-energy team like Villa. Um, they're kind of up and, at, up and at you. So I think Leslie, like we talked about last week, Leslie Kajuku had a good game. Maybe you play Leslie for 60, 70 minutes, or, and then you bring uh, Moses on. I, I'm not sure that you should start him if you haven't trained for four or five days, personally, especially coming off the back of international international break, because there's a lot of travelling. So I would probably not start him. What about you? Yeah, I wonder whether... You know, we can go back to that double pivot of Enzo and Gallagher that we played at the start of the season that sort of looked decent. The Liverpool game is sort of the one yeah. I'm noting where Carney played ahead of them. I wonder if he'll play Palmer there and go back yeah, to so Enzo and, and Gallagher if Caicedo can't start. I mean, it's hard to know. I think that they're keen for him to start. I I don't think the injury was really even disclosed, uh, what it was. So we, no. we don't really know. Something that's kept him out of training for, for five, six days since he came back from, from Ecuador. So, yeah, let's see. We'll move on to Badia Chile, who was noted as um, getting re-injured this week. I was all over social media. Um, hamstring injury, re-injured, could be out for a while. I think Posh noted it as pretty minor. Um, it's a different muscle to the one that he injured that, so it's not a re-injury, it's a it's a separate yeah. injury and, and minor. So I think that sounds pretty good for Badia Shili. Yeah, I think we'll probably see Benoit coming back in after the international break. We've got, remember, the international break is in about two weeks. I don't think a lot of these players are going to be rushed in. We've got this game, Fulham away and then uh, Burnley away. So I don't think they'll be rushed in. And we have a very, very, almost like a horror film, watch between your fingers, uh, kind of uh, fixture lineup from game week nine to the game week 15. So we're going to need all the players fit for that firing. So I think they'll probably, I think there'll be a troop of players come back after the international break. Right? I mean, I know that Carney and Reese and uh, were also mentioned today. I'm probably forgetting someone, but I think we're going to have a lot of players back fit, ready to go for that. Well, hopefully involved for that Arsenal game on the 21st of October. Yeah, uh, since you mentioned that, I'll talk about it next. Reese, Carney, and Trev, I think, were noted by Posh as being very close uh, to coming yeah. back to the first team training. So that's really, really positive. I know. Um, some people were expecting Reese to be back a little bit sooner, but the hamstring injuries do take a little longer. Carney, I guess this is a, roughly the time frame that it was assumed that he was going to be fit for. So all sounds yeah. pretty positive with those three. And then lastly, we'll just talk about Armando Brozier, who has a chance to be involved on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, he can come on before Nick Jackson gets booked and gets suspended. But <laughs> uh yeah, I think it'd be good to have Armando back in. Kind of just the last 20 minutes of a game where teams are fading. I mentioned it last week. Things a bit of physicality, even if he's not up to square full speed yet, which obviously he won't be after a long-term injury. Um, I think that 
Yeah, he could really bring some physicality. Maybe if Jackson's failing a bit in a game like he did last week, just bring him on. Maybe they can play together. He can take off. Maybe a Mudrick can bring uh, Brayer on and put Jackson on the left wing. It gives us a lot more options, a lot more flexibility in the team, especially going into like the last 30 minutes of the game where we're kind of pressing to win the game. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about sort of what's been going on with Chelsea this week on, on social media. And it's been obviously a lot of negativity. Uh, these long weeks with no European football, we used to have the Champions yeah, League games so, to yeah, yeah. move on. Uh, but yeah, we've got a week to stew these days in our emotions about, and there's been a lot of stats and chat posted. And like I said, a lot of negativity, but a few positive things I want to focus on. One is that um, our Premier League open play XG conceded this year is 3.01, which is second best behind only Manchester City obviously Man City only with 2.13 but it's better than Arsenal who's just uh, behind us with 3.12 and I think uh, the defensive side of things looking pretty strong and something maybe to be positive and focus on yeah I mean I spoke about that on the pod last week I mean when I was uh, lambasting the attack of the thing to do every week and putting him in the freezer I think we've got a top four top maybe even top three defense um yeah well you've got I think we've also got Fafana injured if, it, if, this, if they're all fit, I mean, we're very, very strong at centre-back. Um, actually, we, we're actually pretty strong at full-back as well. Even Kukurei, you say Matson, you say very, very well stacked. And we look very well organised. And we haven't... The West Ham game, you concede three, but really it was kind of a mismatch from a set piece. And we conceded a penalty and then Antonio scored, like, I don't know what it was, a 0.05 XG goal. Um after the first 20 minutes against Liverpool, we looked a bit disorganised. The defences are good, so which has been it's been a shame because if the attack could turn up, we definitely could be flying up the table. So, yeah, I'm pretty positive about the defence. What about you? Yeah, I feel like the the open play XG sort of matches the the dominance that we're we're showing in games, um, high possession, yeah. controlling games, and just yeah, the obviously we've talked about this last week on the pod as well. The the last third is really where it's it's falling down a bit, but. You know, still creating a decent amount of good quality chances, uh, as you can see with our decently high XG. Obviously, four XG in the last two games with zero goals is incredibly disappointing. Um, so yeah, just... I, think, I, I think the controlling games. I think that they talked about it in the straight out upon podcast. The controlling game is not the issue. I think we're uh, averaging nearly seventy percent over the season. We're kind of, into, we you know the 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 benchmark is Man City. You maybe don't want to kind of compare yourself to them at the moment, but they, they control games in that sense. We control games similarly to them in that sense, but we just can't seem to break teams down in that sense. But we're we're kind of two-thirds there, but the the really important bit of scoring the goals and the lethalness and things like that is, is something we just, we're lacking at the moment and we need to really work on. Absolutely, and our shot conversion this season down at 6.2%. Um, yeah. Only Luton Town at 47 and Everton at 3% are lower than us. We're down yeah. there with the likes of Bournemouth, Wolves. And uh, yeah, just incredibly disappointing. Yeah, I mean, it's just, if you, if you could, if a simple thing, if you generally concede about a goal a game and score two goals a game, then you're going to be in the top four, I think. If you look at my most metrics, that's kind of how it works. So we need to score more goals. And if we can, you know, concede less than 40 goals this year, got a real chance of getting in the top four but as long as we can get you know 60 70 goals at least this season that's got to be the the aim this year absolutely five goals from 10.13 xg so far for chelsea this season let's talk uh, aston villa we they just had a game last night against legia warsaw they lost 3-2 actually but they did play in poland potential advantage for us um, with no European football, we'll be well rested and they'll obviously have travelled back probably last night, but still would be, uh, I'd imagine, exhausted, groggy, arriving back at Birmingham at, at 
you know, midnight, 1am. Uh, oh, should we look at this as a real advantage for us on Sunday? Well, I know that me and you have been a stag to Poland before and we came back pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, Matt Law on the London's Big Podcast said it's actually a really good time to play for because I think it's the first time they've played in Europe for about 14 years. So, you know, they're, they're maybe not going to be used to the uh, sun, uh, Thursday sun, Sunday turnaround. So, yeah, it could be a good time to play them. I will say with Villa, very sort of... Um, they can concede a lot of goals. They've conceded, I think, uh, nine goals away from home already in the league this year. We can definitely score some goals against them. It's just whether we can uh, keep it tight at the other end. And they, they're kind of a team with... I think Sunday's game a lot will be defined by how Emery wants to set up. If you look at their last two away games, especially the Newcastle game, where I think they lost 5-1. Very naive Emery, very high line, didn't really learn, didn't adapt the offence. And Liverpool game may be similar. But last year against Potter, he played a bit of a... I think he played a mid to low block and hit us on the break. I remember Ollie Watkins scored that goal over Kepa. So I think the game will really be defined about how they set up. We can definitely get at them. And Liverpool in their last game uh, scored an early goal and then forced Fidel to come out. If you score an early goal against Fidel, they'll, they'll be forced to press and then you can, you know, they'll leave space behind. So I have to wait and see how it goes. Wow, an early goal in a game, that would be fantastic if we could get that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what happened last night. I mean, Legia Warsaw scored after three minutes and, I, and Villa actually equalised straight away. But it kind of came a bit of an end-to-end game and that's kind of the game you want against Villa a little bit because they are vulnerable uh, when, when playing the high line. And Emery's known for that. I mean, Emery is known to be sometimes, I think he's Arsenal reign, known to be a little bit naive, maybe play high lines against teams that have got a lot of pace in behind. Like I said, I think the game on Sunday will really be defined a lot by how Unai Emery sets up rather than sets up rather than Poch, I think. Yeah, I mean the very tactically flexible, isn't he? He's 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 put yeah. them out in a lot of different setups this season. Obviously the starting formations aren't really important, but they, they have built up in lots of different ways. Three centre backs, two centre backs. They played a four four two recently, they played the three four three ish shape against Liverpool, which yeah. obviously didn't really work out very well for them. Um but yeah, they're they're a team that sort of they either sharp and play really well, or they they end up getting battered for for um, a lot of the recent games. Yeah, they're a bit chalk and cheese. They're very very strong at home. Their home, they're, I think their home XG is actually the highest in the league so far. I mean, I mean, really really small sample size, obviously. Um, but I think they scored they scored three goals in the last. I think it was like five, ten minutes against the Palace when they're one 0 down. They've got a lot of goals in the team. Leon Bailey after. Um, been injured for a long time. I think he was bought from Germany. He's starting to pull up trees. You've got a DRB that's come in from Germany as well. And Ollie Watkins can kind of churn in assists and goals as well. So they've got a very good, very good front line. But I think definitely, I think Luca Dinia is actually, look, I watched the game a little bit last night, the highlights. Definitely play a week in attack at the back. I think Raheem Sterling versus Luca Dinia, we could really have some joy down that side. And um, Matty Cash push, pushes forward a lot. So that might leave some spacing behind for Mudrick or whoever plays there. So the interesting game and by the, the way we're talking, there could be a few goals in this game if we can finish. Absolutely. Um, let's get some uh, score predictions, early score predictions from you. Well, or how, how do you feel the, the game's going to pan out? I think my, my score prediction was probably like a 1-1 one, one maybe. I, I can't really back this Chelsea team to score more than one, uh, one goal really. We just need to see, it's a little bit like the, before the Luton game. Um, just need to score a Get putting some chances in the attacks in the freezer at the moment. Our chance conversion is really low. I assume confidence is pretty low in front of goal. Um, and how do you see? It? I mean, I think the big I think thing I want to talk about before we wrap up is: Do you think that Ben Chilwell is going to be brought back into the team? I think that's quite an interesting point. 
I, I do think Chilwell is going to start against Villa on on Sunday. I, I don't see a way where he can drop him for two consecutive games. There's just no reason to do that. Um, so I do think we'll switch back to the three four three shape on Sunday. There is obviously a chance that we play four two three one, like I said, with Enzo and Gallagher um, as a double pivot, and then play Palmer ahead. And I wonder if we'll see Madrid. I know someone we didn't actually talk about in the injuries because he only missed one game was Madweke, and he had sort of a virus, they said, um, and he'll be back, it sounds like, at least on the bench, potentially on Sunday. Um, so, yeah, the wingers that are available, uh, Broya coming back. I do think we've got some some more attacking options. Obviously, our bench has been incredibly weak in the last couple of games just due to the amount of injuries that we've had. Um, in terms of result... I'm, I was going to go 2-1 Chelsea. I think the game. I think Villa will score in the game. I just really hope they don't score first. I think if Villa score first, the game just becomes really, really tough for us because I think they naturally like to sit back in a bit of a deeper block um, and counter-attack. I think that would cause us a lot of problems. I just wonder with the pace that Watkins has up top, whether he'll drop Thiago Silva on Sunday if we do switch to a four and he'll play Colwell and Dezassi. I just wonder that. Um that that sort of makes sense to me if we do do that. Um and also can sort of just list it as giving Thiago Silva a rest. So yeah, we'll see. But I do think we'll 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 win the game on Sunday. I, I think this European hangover is definitely a real thing for Villa. Yeah, I mean it's also just from a sort of micro sense. <laughs> uh we this is a much bigger game for us than them, I feel. This is, I mean, this is a massive game for us. I mean, when you look at our fixtures after the uh, international break, they read Arsenal home, Brentford at home, Tottenham away, Man City at home, Newcastle away, Brighton at home, Man, Man United away. I mean, it's a death run, really. It's terrible. So we, we, we need to, at best, we're going to have 14 points from eight games. And that's if we win every game before the international break. And that's not getting into your sort of goal standard of like two points per game. So... We really, really need to win this game, and it's a huge game. So you hope the players can realise that and show the energy. I know we, 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 like last week on the pod, I was pleading patience, and you need to be patient with him. But the players also need to realise that you know this is a massive game, and yeah, Villa will be a bit of a wounded animal because they'll be tired, and no excuses. We should be fresh. We've got players coming back, and if you look at it from a sort of a a helicopter view where you're saying like, hey, well, looking at the, the bookies odds and, you know, the uh, bit of travelling back, we really should be like quite a strong favourites. So hopefully we can actually fulfil that. Yeah, absolutely. And Villa with uh, a little bit of injury news. Diego Carlos had a hamstring injury. I think he picked that up against Liverpool. He did miss the game against Ligia Warsaw. Be interesting to see whether he'll be back. I think Bertrand Traore is another injury risk for them. But pr- basically pretty healthy, Aston Villa. What a life yeah. being... Uh, been incredibly healthy squad to choose from. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, they, so did rotate, they did rotate a lot last night as well. They didn't start Ali Watkins. I don't think they started DRB. So they're, they're going to be like fairly fresh. I mean, Watkins only played 30 minutes. I thought. So even though they lost, it was a bit of a half first team 11 and then half not. So, I mean, maybe we're overplaying the European thing and the travelling thing. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But it's a huge game for us. And if we don't win... Potch is going to be under a little bit of pressure in a sense where we really need to try and get two wins in those away games at Fulham and Burnley. So it is a it's a big one and it's that two also that two I'm not going to say like it's not on TV this game. It's a two o'clock on a Sunday. I'm not a big fan of the two o'clock on a Sunday game. Sometimes I don't know if you know you agree that sometimes they can be a bit dead the atmosphere because it's not quite it's not quite the four thirty game and it's not an early game or on TV or anything. So we I mean Potch talked about in the press today about fan discontent. Really need the fans to get behind the team. 
because if there's a few missed chances and a bit of a ugh and that sort of thing, that could really get them these young players back. So really need the crowd to Sanford Bridge to be behind the team a bit more, I think. Absolutely. And I, I completely agree with you that it's a much bigger game for us than it is for, for Aston Villa, I think. Yeah. Um, the fans are looking for a big performance and, and something to, to cheer about this season. Certainly would put us in a, a, a better mood post-match than, than it has been in the last couple of weeks. I do think that if we, especially if we lose, and I don't know, obviously the nature of the game is important as well, like the way we lose. But if we do lose on Sunday, I completely agree with you that Posh will be starting to get some sort of pressure. I mean, obviously it's ridiculously early. Um, to be under any sort of actual pressure. I don't think there will be any actual pressure from the the board or anything like that. But I do think that the fan pressure will start yeah. to mount on him because not only is the the results not there, the goals aren't there as well. And obviously it's the enjoyment of the games for the fans. They want to go and enjoy. And yeah, obviously yeah. the underlying statistics are there for, for a lot of people to see. But for the average match-going fan... They're not looking at XG. They're not looking at setup. They're not thinking, oh, we're actually looking, you know, pretty decent. We shouldn't be, you know. I know this athletic article has come out this week as well, sort of explaining that that Chelsea are actually playing playing pretty well. But like I said, the the match going fan is just looking at results, and yeah. we we lost one nil at home to Forest, and we've drawn nil nil with Bournemouth. That's what's going through their head. Um, yeah. So yeah, the 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 game I agree is very very important on on Sunday and you'll see like the if we're if it's nil nil we're one nil down in that second half you will hear those fans get on the team's back for sure on Sunday that that 100%. is the vibe right now 100% I mean there was a podcast this week on the Athletic um talking about are Chelsea ready to be a project club and now Liam Tooney on the Athletic Chelsea correspondent talked a lot about a hangover from last season there definitely is a bit of a hangover Chelsea fans are struggling to get over I think that maybe the Tuchel sack in the Potter appointment the you know the we have months and months of abject performances like that. Arsenal at home game, the Newcastle just complete non-performances at the end. Brentford at Brent the, the Lampard run where we got smashed four-one at United, and there there is a lot of like here we go again sort of thing because the performances and they're not similar, but I think the fans are associating them with last season a little bit. And Poch hasn't been given quite a clean slate in that sense, which is a bit unfair, but that's the reality. And but you know we had some favourable fixes in the first eight games and you know we were thinking about maybe trying to get 20 points and the maximum we can get is 14 so it is really just about points on the board I know Poch has said before that he doesn't like his teams playing badly and winning because eventually it'll come it'll come and haunt you but I think he could probably do uh, three games of us playing badly and winning I mean he'd take nine points anyway necessary at the moment before that international break coming up and that really stiff rung of fixtures that we have uh, through October to the start of December so it's a really big game and one that we really do need to win Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we've we've gone for I've gone for two one and you've gone for I've gone one one. I just I just can't. I struggle to see us scoring two goals at the moment. I mean, a bit of a kind of um, Scrooge in that sense. But I'll go for a one one, maybe a one nil. But yeah, I think I'll go one one. Perfect. All right. Um, let's quickly talk FPL league. We yeah. have Kai Mason at the top with three hundred thirty nine points. I've dropped unfortunately to fifth. Uh, stuck in the Mudrick down there in uh, in fifth, and uh, Roma Waite in second, Jamie Elwood in third, and Cy Mitchell in fourth. So some uh, familiar friends names. of the pod there doing pretty well. I'm I'm stuck yeah, exactly, in yeah. I'm the uh, this is my FPL career stuck in mid table. I'm a bit of a Crystal Palace when it comes to uh, not even that bit of a Brentford. Well, not Brentford. Yeah, Crystal Palace player when it comes to uh, FPL. Not a very good 
And uh, Chris is still Chris is in a relegation battle. I think. Uh, he is. He's three points off bottom. Second, yeah. second bottom. And if we're doing bottom three, he's he's fourteen points out from getting uh, getting to safety. So yeah, I'm not sure what he's going to do this week. You got any uh, FPL plans this week? I think uh, I was looking at James Ward Prowse. I was looking at. I know the popular transfer. I don't have Nick Jackson. Um, I think the popular transfer was getting Alvarez in, wasn't it? Really, in some yeah. regard, because um, he's obviously playing a lot of minutes for Man City and looking really, really good. Um, so yeah, I'm probably not going to go that way, but I, I do think that is a good move. If it's interesting, we both have Ollie, we both have Ollie Watkins, and uh, I was going to do him for Alvarez, but you just know if we take Watkins out, he's going to score. So it's one of them. <laughs> yeah. I, I won't be taking Ollie Watkins out. Um, I think, and we uh, both got Ben Chilwell as well, so I guess you're uh, hoping he's going to play as well. I'm not so sure, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, Villa have got some really good fixtures coming up um, in the yeah. next after they play Chelsea and Brighton. I mean, Chelsea, to be fair, is not even half fixture these days, I guess. But yeah, after that, they've they've got some really good fixtures. So sticking with Ollie Watkins. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, that's all we've got time for today. Regardless of the result, we will be back next week with uh, the trio. The full trio will be back as we review the game against Villa on Sunday. For more updates on all things ESCR, you can follow us on X at Eat Sleep Chelsea and Instagram at Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat. As always, we hope you're carefree wherever you may be. And thanks for listening. I hope you're carefree wherever you may be. Thanks for listening. Sleep Chelsea Repeat. Sleep Chelsea Repeat. Sleep Chelsea Repeat.